Flying Casual is brought to you by Patreon supporters Jory Webb, Nate Edison, Wes Anderson, David Bush, Brent, Kelly Breckner, Andy Dugan, Rob Patsky, Scotty Hawk, and Aaron Knotts. May the Force be with you. So, Luke, we were talking about this episode. It was fun. There's some big sweaty details, but uh, we didn't get your thoughts, actually, because you were muted. Uh, so it, it, it was so funny because last week I sent you, I just sent you a bunch of mind-blown emojis, and you're like, oh, f- what the hell's happening? And then you did that to me this week before I had saw it, and I said, how? How are they going to have more mind-blowing moments? Isn't Ahsoka enough? Isn't Bo-Katan or Katan, if you're an asshole, enough? Isn't that enough? No. We're going to tie this in even deeper. Oh, and also, disclaimer, if you didn't hear before, Holly's not on the stream. Holly didn't get to watch the episode, so we're not spoiling it for Holly, though she can probably hear me talking about it right now. But you know what? You snooze, you lose. So sorry. Um, sorry I'm not sorry. But, uh, but Luke, what did you think of this episode? Well, as I was saying to the ether earlier... I was ready for this one to be kind of a foot off the yeah. cannon pedal. That's right. You know, take a little step back, have a little side quest. We 99.9% knew Ahsoka wasn't coming until the following episode because it's yep. out there. That Filoni's directed episode is episode five, and we all Ooh. believe Filoni's going to direct the episode that's Ahsoka heavy. Yeah. So I was ready for it to be just kind of side adventure a la episode Two of this season, yeah. Um, chapter ten, you know, and then we kind of get back towards like the main arc, the really deep and sweaty stuff in the following episode. But no, 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 no. <laughs> no. This thing, like, if you thought last week was, you know, wow, look at the canon connections. Yeah, this thing just went nuts. It did. Like, we with everything we're dealing with, Mandalorians. We know of Mandalorians out there. It, it, it makes sense for it to tie in. We're all we're all kind of expecting it, especially after those freaking spoilers or leaks or whatever you want to call them. Especially after all that. This though, nah, because if if it's going the way that we're thinking, so I, it's for me. I, I jumped at a conclusion, and maybe that's too, maybe that's premature. Maybe we shouldn't jump to that just yet because we haven't talked about it. But l- let's let's talk about the beginning. I loved the opening of this, and it's directed by Carl <laughs> Weathers, by the way, and you, you just feel the love and, and how much yeah. he just enjoys how fun Star Wars is. You could feel that in this episode. It's not too serious, you know? It's just it's just fun, and that opening sequence, it's like, how long are we going to go back and forth with this wire? <laughs> like, I, I loved that. What did you think? It. I had uh, a realization watching it that my... Uh, my daughter is basically the same mental age as Baby Yoda in a way, because <laughs> watching the interactions with Din and him <laughs> trying to convey information and their reactions and the the way that Baby Yoda emotes, I was like, "That's my that's my 14 month old yeah. right there." <laughs> yeah. Only she's actually I think better at following directions than Baby Yoda is. Absolutely. Uh, so I think she could have. She doesn't quite know colors yet, so that might have been an issue, blue-red. Yeah. But, like, uh, she would have known don't put the things together if I told her don't put the things together. That that shocked her, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, just... no, that was, that was funny. I felt a little bit of, like, 
nerves and fear for his yeah. baby Yoda's safety doing this, this right. work with the electrical wiring. That's right. Granted, we all know nothing that bad's going to happen to him, but he's still so precious that you get a little bit of, of angst and worry seeing him in this this situation. But and it's it so fun. relatable for a lot of you guys. And I, I, I mean, there's some deep and sweaty stuff here with nerds like myself. You know, no kids. You know, I, I think the kid's cute. But just like... That 10-minute felt like a 10-minute interaction with them going back and forth. Now, the blue, it's like it was hilarious for me, but it's just like you see the parents just saying, yes, like that. thank you. Other people understand, even in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, kids could still be little brats, and they could sit there and mess with you and uh, can be just as frustrating. So it's it's cool that there's a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, so I, I, I loved that opening sequence. Poor thing, yeah. Was he going to get you know fried? Obviously. I, you could feel it coming, but like, would he survive? I don't know. You know, with that high M count, maybe that's what saved his life. I don't know. I don't think anyone else could have, could have sustained that electrical shock. Um, but I've been shocked a lot in my life, actually, working with my dad, so it makes a lot of sense. Maybe, <laughs> he, maybe some wires are loose up there now. We'll see how baby, baby uh, Yoda turns out, maybe like myself, which, boy, it's going to be tough for him in the future. So that was a fun opening sequence. And um, you know what, Luke, what struck me this episode more than it did the prior episode, the, the irony of the Razor Crest and how it was fixed by the Mon Cal. It's just hysterical. Mon Calamari are known for shipbuilding. They're known for creating these fleets. It's what saved the rebellion. And this guy's tying this thing together with <laughs> string. It's so hysterical to show just like, you know, not, not all Mon Cal's are the same, just like no humans are the same. It's like this guy is a fisherman. He ain't here to fix ships. I just, I don't know. I was cracking up at the beginning of this, just thinking like, oh my God, I cannot believe I didn't really put that together. But that's that's what the Mon Cows were known for. That's why, that's why they were on the list of planets to be destroyed by the Empire in the Death Star. Luckily, that didn't happen. But, yeah, it's uh, funny that it's you funny. mentioned that because there are some great um, arcs of the uh, the mainline comic series between yeah. the New Hope and Empire that, that touches on kind of the recruitment of the Mon Calas into the Rebellion because of their magnificent ships. And uh, I hadn't thought of that until you brought it up. But I guess, you know, this wasn't Mon Cala. That's right. That they're, you know, Trask is this outpost. You know, right. So they're not quite working with, uh, I guess, their full gear and their full know-how. That's uh, right. And the... Um, just getting by, doing what just, you can. Yeah, just with string and fishnets and whatever was holding that thing together. But um, so we, uh, we go to Navarro, right? Like, uh, well, wait. Yeah, or did I? What did oh, I miss? No, no. I'm sorry. You're going to Navarro, which is good because there was almost two opening sequences in this. That the opening yeah. scene on Navarro kind of felt like a second opening. It, it was did. like a dual opening. No, it remind. Was there something I missed there, or do we? Did we? Because honestly, guys, I watch it. Five minutes later, I'm like, what the hell happened? Which is why it's good that we talk about it. So I'm well, I so you're going to talk about the action scene with Cara Dune, right? Oh, yeah. Good call. That's I forgot I to about that. Okay. The, this, this fits in nicely with a lot of what we talked about last week. Let's go. With sort of the um, alien stereotyping. Let's go. We talked about the corn oh, yes. last week, which yeah. almost always ends up being dicks. Absolutely. Not, Change not my guys. mind. 
And uh, here we are presented with the Aqualish. Boy, bunch of scoundrels. You know, thieves, whatever. Yeah. Weasel eaters. Weasel, they weasel were going to cut that thing's head off. <laughs> that weasel wasn't that big, and there was like four of those guys, so that would have been just like um, an amuse bouche. Absolutely. It was just like an, app- uh, yeah, an appetizer, right, for the, for the yeah. meal. That's one of my favorite terms I've learned from watching Top Chef, amuse bouche. <laughs> It's uh, for those of you not 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 bougie enough. Culinary <laughs> lingo. It's uh, it's a bite-sized appetizer. Ah, just like a single bite. That's see, I can't do I can't do the bougie meals. I can't do I can't do it. I I, I eat way too much to even <laughs> savor food. I sit I sit down, scarf it down, and I'm just like, what's next? Like, where's the ice cream? Like, I can't. It's just not enough for me. I appreciate yeah. that you can appreciate the food. But in terms of the stereotyping, like, so that species uh, is Ponda Baba in the cantina, episode mm. four, yeah. who accosts Luke at the he bar does. and ends up with an arm chop. Deserved it. From Obi-Wan. Deserved it. And, like, these species, you can tell, like, how much uh, Favreau is a child of the OT era, just adores and, 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 wants to bathe in all the good OT feelings and um, brings them out in these wonderful new ways that we haven't seen before. And so to present these, you know, gangster Aqualish, you know, in the vein of Ponda Baba up to no good. And Cara Dune just rolls in and smokes them. It just reaffirms for you that he deserved it and that they all deserve it. But who, what creator is going to, there's gotta be some good Aqualish out there, right? There's gotta be some good corn out there, but we're, well, who's going to be brave it. enough to do that? Who's going to be brave enough to go outside the box and say, I'm going to do a standalone Corrin show? <laughs> and they're going to be the good guys. Like, we're going to go out and find some other dicks in the galaxy. Like, I, who's going to be brave enough to do it? I don't know. Can we trust them? I think the jury's out. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're, I think they're too far gone for the past 40-plus years. They've been dicks. The Corrin, you know, not long, not that long. But I don't know if anything can save them. We're going to find out. Maybe Mando... Has something up his sleeve for later, but yeah, it, it worked as a nice way to allow Cara Dune to to show off her skills. We haven't seen her too much in kind of a one on one, other than with the Mando, but really let her show her actual skills, like wh- what her job is, like performing these kinds of acts. It was a nice, nice little homage to uh, even some some actual you know uh, entertainment wrestling moves. Um, so that was that was kind of cool, and, and and yeah, she saved the little. Uh, Jory called him a meerkat, but whatever that weasel was with the, <laughs> with the demon eyes, I don't know if he was worth saving. It was Timon. Timon, yeah, right. So it's it was it was a fun little open scene. I had forgot about that actually, but she's the marshal, right? So she's yeah, I like that they brought that term back again from yeah. uh, from chapter nine. Yeah, feels like marshal. anyone can just kind of step in. You got some armor. It's like well, I'm the you know the sheriff in town. So that's cool. She's got some roots. It feels like maybe that hasn't been, you know, something she's been able to establish for a while. And we find out, spoiler, at the end of the episode, she's lost everything. So um, that's another, you know, discussion that we'll have here later on at the end. But, uh, yeah, a nice little opening. That was fun. Uh, so, we, so we get back to Navarro, right? And, and things look completely different. Looks like we got a nice little functioning village. We got a school set up. There's a freaking monument of IG-11 dedicated in the center of town. 
I don't know if you guys caught that, but like I missed that one. You go yeah. back and freeze that when they're walking into the old Imperial Impound. Uh, they've got a stat. It's probably I'm assuming it's his body or a replica, um, but just like the savior of the town, right? Like it's just it's crazy, which is an interesting conversation in itself. People, you know, dedicating something to a droid, right? It's like even in <laughs> think of like what R two and and C three PO have done. And C-3PO gets dismissed at every turn. No one's creating a freaking statue of him. They should. The Ewoks were onto something. Yeah, there's probably one at Bright Tree Village. Absolutely. Right now. They knew what was up. They knew how to, the, to, to celebrate that man. He's a freaking god in their eyes. So finally, we have droids kind of getting a nice nod. Hey, this guy deserves a little something. Yeah, he wasn't sentient, but hey, saved our freaking lives. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then we go to this, we go to this school, adorable little school, very relatable. It's hysterical that we have a, uh, a, uh, what, what, what do they call them? The, what is C3PO? He's a protocol, droid. protocol droid. Never thought I'd see one teaching in class. That's hysterical. Perfect. And, uh, you know, we've got some stuff to do and, uh, let's leave baby Yoda. That's a school. Luke, where you surprises me is once again, I get that we're under the assumption, or at least the Mando is, that Moff Gideon is dead. But he said it himself. Where he goes, I go. Well, that's obviously not the case. Maybe a little naive again. I mean, were you a little surprised we're leaving this little guy behind again? <laughs> no, because he tries to keep him out of the action as much as he can to keep him safe. True, true. And Kara assured him that he'd be safe there. But True. it's funny to me that this is jumping ahead a little bit, but he doesn't waste a minute to get him back. True. Because when he jets off away from the base that they infiltrate later on, yeah. before he goes to the Razor Crest, he picks, he picks Baby Yoda up from school. True. Can you <laughs> imagine? Sure he gets in too. So he wasn't wasting a minute more than he had to be separated from him. Even though he was trusting enough to leave him there. True. I bet that was embarrassing for Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's probably making some <laughs> friends. God, Dad, I can't just have a minute to just explore. He's and probably it, just happy to get away with the cookies, at least. Right? So. And so, yeah, he's, he's, his, his, I don't know if he learned anything there in class, but he learned how delicious little, you know, macaroons or whatever the hell those things were. It definitely look like macaroons, yeah. Right? Or some sort of treat of some sort. But uh, we still got to work on Baby Yoda's manners. Still got a little bit to learn. Still kind of a dick. I don't want him to become the bully. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get you got a high end count, but like, you don't need to be a jerk about it. So it's, you could definitely, you know, it's not like he beat the kid up or something, but I mean, just, well, I guess he did ask. He kind of put his hand out. He can't really speak well. But are you noticing in that sequence and, and, and even kind of at the end and the opening, as much as we thought, you know, baby was truly a baby, they've really amped up the giggles. They've amped up the <laughs> babiness of him, right? It's like, oh, this was <laughs> this hooked people. Let's play it up even more and tear your heartstrings. Is that was has that always been a thing? Yeah, I feel like we're definitely getting more audio from him yeah. this season. Just like you said, they have a little, eh, ooh, eh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those little baby noises. Uh, yeah, they're coming through stronger. If they were there in season one, I feel like they were fewer and farther between or they were a little more subtle. But, yeah, they were, like, right in front of you right now. 
And he's assumingly going to be speaking basic. If he's understanding the Mando without a helmet on saying, go with the red wire, no, the blue, and he's like, what, this this, this one, the red one? He's going to be speaking basic. So, I mean, it's a matter of time before he says Dada or something. I don't know. Or this hey, is the you, way. Uh, can you engage with some folks in the chat for a minute? I got to absol- step a, away for just a moment. I hear your baby right crying. Back. You deal with that baby. Guys, I'm running the chat here. Here goes Mike. All right, let's see what we got. Let's, let's see what we got. Uh, so what's the time jump from the end of last season to now? Because it seems like it would take some time to rebuild. You're talking about the town, Jory. I agree. I think the little town there on Navarro, I mean, it was under imperial rule. You had a bunch of Mandos hanging out underground. So, yeah, how – and also the, you know, Mandos greeting with, with uh, Grief and, and Cara Dune seemed like they hadn't seen each other. Wow. To us, it seems like they saw him yesterday. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of action there in that city, and it seemed like things, you know, have taken a turn for the better in a very short amount of time. So I, I don't know. I don't think anyone's really told us how long it's been, but we're gonna find out. Uh, Nettie said, "I'm gonna start a GoFundMe to build a monument of C-3PO. I think that would be a fantastic, you know, idea. Let's get that thing started." Um, where are we gonna put it, though, Nettie? I mean, we're we putting this in, in Illinois, or are we putting this? Where are we putting this? Um, we got to find, uh, I can't have it out in California there at, uh, at Lucasfilm. They got too much going on. They already got a nice Yoda statue. So give Columbus the C-3PO statue or something. Um, but, uh, we're talking about where to put the, uh, the C-3PO monument that Nettie's going to fund. Uh, not sure if that's going to be in Columbus or elsewhere, but we're going to find out. Um, and maybe there will be a nice little meerkat statue somewhere. Maybe this weasel, you know, saves the day somewhere. Um, and Jory was wondering, what's the time span here from the last time we were on Navarro to now? Because a lot's changed in what feels like a little amount of time, and he's thinking maybe like a yearish. And it it seemed like a lot's changed, and it seemed like grief and care when they were greeting Mando. It's like, hey, I haven't seen you for ages, man. You're looking good. It's like, if I, didn't you see him last week? It feels like <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Were you thinking it was longer, Luke? Yeah, it's really, we haven't been given too many clues if it, about the time passage between the end of last season and, you know, chapter nine felt like it picked up almost immediately after yeah. chapter eight, but you could easily have had, um, to them hanging out somewhere else that we don't know about yeah. in the meantime. So it, it definitely feels like a little bit of time has passed for them to have been cleaning this world up. Yeah. Uh, Navarro establishing this school that, that takes a minute. So yeah, it, it, this is the first episode we've been given this season that indicates some, some semblance of passage of time. That's, that's significant from, from season one. Yeah. But, and Mando has been, I, wandering around for a long time so i mean take all that time into account how long has he been how long was he on that fishing barge with those corn could have been weeks could have been months we have no idea how's everyone feeling about the uh the return of our uh first bounty we ever saw acquired i love that i i'm a big fan of horatio how is it Horatio Sands, Sands yeah, or yeah. Sans, or whatever, however he pronounces it. I, I think he's hysterical, and I thought he was a nice opening kind of comedic moment in the beginning of the show. And to bring him back, he just he fits it. And it even like when they're in this Imperial, 
you know, compound or whatever, and he's the one. Why are they making him do all this stuff? Like, he looks like he's the clumbiest <laughs> one of them all. He can't shoot a blaster. And they're all like, go open the door. Go turn the reactor off. Like, why are you having him do all of this? Because you think he's expendable? And if he falls in the reactor core, well, so be it. It's not Mando in the best car. Like, I just, like, why the hell is he having to do everything? Stop giving him shit when he's the one that's doing everything to, to get the mission going forward. So that I had some trouble with. But he, he allows us to have those comedic moments when, you know, Carl Weathers is funny in his own right. But in this show, I mean, when he talks to the baby and stuff, like, that's cute. But he's much more of a serious man. You can't rely on Gina Carano to do the comedy. I just, I don't see that happening. And Mando doesn't have too many comedic moments. So someone to kind of further that, 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 that role. I I liked it. And even the little, the reactor bit, when he says there's no rails here on this, it's like, (laughs) it's such a nice nod to star Wars. Cause it's like, yeah, they're on the death star. Why the hell weren't there any rails? Like, yeah, it's just I like comedic. how he said, like, uh, in that scene, too, uh, it was probably my favorite comedic lines that he had was in that reactor area, and he said, I, I don't like heat or lava or heights. <laughs> yeah, and he said he was going to... I don't like uh, anything about this. He was going to dry out, too, right? Like, he's like, I got to get back, yeah. dude. I'm starting he's to get... have that really... moisture yeah. vest. And dry it right out in that lava. I guess they just look at him as an expendable guy, and it's like, but I mean, we're, are we leaving him there? Is he going to continue the mission? Could he become the Mando's kind of you know, sidearms, his side guy? I don't, that'd be kind of cool. I'd be down because um, we need that. We need we need that comedy going forward. Yes, Baby Yoda's cute and funny, but like we need the comedy. So what's who's going to provide that going forward if we leave Navarro and we don't have those moments? I mean, it does feel like things are about to get really serious, but it's Star Wars. You got to have the funny moments. But uh so of course, you know, it's it's like Luke said in, in the opening, you guys didn't hear it. It's we expected this to be kind of a lower key episode, not too much happening. So when <laughs> when uh Grief says, "Hey, I, you're going to be here a while. We'll fix your ship. It's cool. It's going to take some time, though. But once again, I asked the question, how much time? Because he made it sound like it's going to be weeks. Seems like they got that thing fixed up in uh, half a day. So I don't know who's doing the repairs, but it wasn't a Mon Cal, apparently. Um, so he says, hey, while you're here, help us out with something. And it's just like, of course, man. I was like, sure, yeah, why not? Let's go do whatever it is that you need done. And then we find out. There's this Imperial base. It's where all these these Imperials have been coming from. And Grief and, and Gina Carano or Cara Dune just want to rid the planet of these folks. I've been causing trouble. Let's get the Empire out of here. We can be safe. We can be a trading outpost for the rest of the, the region. Cool. Sounds awesome. Let's go and save the day. They make it sound like there's maybe just a few stragglers there. I don't know. Uh, but it's a fully fortified base with TIE fighters, tanks. All the stormtroopers you could ever ask for. And uh, we're off, right? And our blue friend goes with us. And, and we kind of mentioned this in the beginning, but it it was it was silly how easily they got into this facility. Uh, the Empire has obviously not learned any of their lessons over the past decades uh, of properly fortifying and securing an establishment, and they've failed to do that. Um, and our little blue friend, he's the one with the blowtorch. He's the guy that's breaking down the doors and turning off the reactors. Like, he's the one getting – he's doing everything. So it, it didn't really feel all that serious. I want to – when we're going through those moments, 
when I was going through uh, Jedi Fallen Order, this felt a lot like that, going around corners, and you don't know what's there. I was all tense. I'm like, you don't know what's going to come. This, you know everyone's going to be safe. We'll blast a couple stormtroopers, maybe too many stormtroopers. I don't know about you, Luke, but for a while there, going through all these corridors, we just kept shooting stormtroopers, and I'm like, this is going on for a long time. Like, are we going to get to where we need to go? Did you feel like that at all? No, no, because, yeah, I was... It seemed like kind of in and out, you know. At first, they get to the reactor. They they set the <laughs> they set it for self destruct. Ten minutes and, or uh, whatever. Then it's get out of here. And then you know, like I said, I was. This might have been in my muted version, but I was you know having some lunch, <laughs> and watching the episode. And then when it gets to the scene where all of a sudden I see the guys, who are wearing the outfit more like. The Doctor fellow from Let's season go. one. Let's go. We're like, oh, something's up. something's up. These aren't just regular Imperial officers or soldiers. Something else is going on here. Yeah. So I perk up, <laughs> put my fork down. <laughs> Crank the volume. See what's going on. Get closer to the TV. I literally stand up and go right up to my TV. About like this close. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> See what's going on. Uh-huh. And... Uh, we get this huge, sort of this huge continuation of a thread mm. that was, you know, laid in in season one, but we really haven't heard of since chapter three. With like, what, yeah. what did they really want with Baby Yoda? What was the purpose of that, having him? And it's to harvest metachlorian rich blood. He dropped now, the word. Now, You've been using the nomenclature they used in this episode, <laughs> which I have a bone to pick with. This M count Ooh, bullshit. That's right. Why? Why didn't they say metachlorian? I think. Like, I think there's an agreement the somewhere. Face. This I, is a slap in George's face to not just come out and use the word metachlorian. Or did George say never again can my franchise reference this? It was too hard to swallow. It was too. I don't know, man. Now, George was going to go back to this. That's right. The Metaclorian stuff. Remember, like, there's some of those thoughts he gave about where his, you know, sequel trilogy might have gone, and it would have delved into how people connect Ooh. to the Force and through the Metaclorians and how they speak to Force wielders and, and, and beings in the galaxy. So I'm a, I'm a little ticked off that they didn't come out and say Metaclorian, and they yeah. threw in this M count thing. Yeah. I guess there's... It felt to me like they were still scared of the reaction of 21 years ago yeah. to this word. And, it's, and I'm like, it could ah. be. It could be. It could, it could be legitimately, hey, we're not saying that. It was problematic for a lot of people. We don't want to upset the fanboys. Middle what? Like they don't want to drop it. <laughs> so maybe that's it. Maybe it's just kind of a play on it. Like, right? Like we know how you guys feel about it. We're going to we're going to kind of poke some fun. We're not even going to mention it. we're going to call it M count. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Maybe. It makes sense to me from a standpoint of like I have a wife who works in healthcare and uh like in so many fields, they come up with shorthand for things and, and abbreviations and and so from like a medical genetics perspective, maybe it makes sense that rather than run around saying right. this big long word all the time, that's right. These genetic engineers and and, and uh, biologists just say M count. That's true. You need to get a give me a stat M count on this guy <laughs> before surgery. 
So we don't know what they're talking about. It's so us lay folk, you know, you would yeah. think that they would be abbreviating it for us so we understood more. No, it's just, it's to keep us all out. It, it, could, it very it very well could be. And but maybe Luke, maybe this is maybe this is to honor George Lucas. Maybe this is you know what? George was going to double down on this. So are we. So are we. This entire freaking show is about metachlorians. Baby Yoda's got them. I'm sure Den's got some. I'm sure he's going to inject metachlorians into these robots <laughs> that we saw at the end of the show. It's going to be a metachlorian fest. Yeah, I just bleeped uh, myself out for a big F-bomb. It could yeah. be metachlorians galore. Everyone could have them. But we know that, well, supposedly Anakin had the highest they'd ever seen, right? But Obi-Wan says, that counts even higher than Master Yoda's. Master Yoda's. Or wh- whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. So we know it seems like it, maybe Yoda wasn't just necessarily a kind of one-off. Like this guy's got the force and he's got it big time, and it's not his species. He's just got the got what it counts, kind of like Anakin. But maybe it is the species. Maybe there's something special. Maybe there's only a few of them out there because they hoard all the force energy. Like I don't know. It's it's is he a clone? Is he a clone? And or is he coming back? From the future, yeah, I just said it. It could be canon. I don't know. Could it? Could they have went in? You know, the the, the DeLorean and just freaking went back in time. I, I don't know. We could be dealing with a lot of stuff here, especially after watching that holiday special. I don't even think I can get in. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe it'll tie into all this very nicely. So, look, it could be honoring him. We could be really going down yeah. because this is not where I expected us to go. Yeah, I mean, it's using the concept as as much as it irked me that they didn't use the word. Uh, it's definitely using the concept, and you know, the I couldn't, my jaw just dropped because yeah. you know they didn't give us a clear view of those vats, oh, yeah. but it sure looked to me like those were snow fails. Come on, yeah, AKA Emperor Palpatine fails, yeah. you know, to try to resurrect him in that. You know, this was hinted at, I think, in the novelization of Rise of Skywalker and just sort of hinted at in the way that the movie was presented, but they didn't dwell on it very long, that um, you know, the, the emperor we see there is, is some sort of clone. But yeah. Of this clone could not be well managed in these bodies, these physical forms that they would generate. Yeah. And so they would deteriorate. Um, so they're trying to harvest this metachlorian rich blood that they think might preserve the body longer, but they haven't quite perfected it. Cause like, like, yeah. uh, Dr. Pershing says in the recordings that we see to Gideon, it, it, it quite hasn't quite worked yet. And they're at, and they're now out of the baby blood. They're out of yeah. the baby Yoda juice. Um, so I, I couldn't believe how, how sort of deep and sweaty this got. Yeah in that way and, and how it connected the rise of Skywalker. And I started to think about the production timeline. So I was like, this ties in so closely with rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And I got to thinking, so rise of Skywalker came out December 19, right? Mm-hmm. Shot largely in 18. Yeah. This show came out, you know, just before rise of Skywalker shot again in 18. So this, I think the production schedules were very close and or overlapped. And um, Favreau must have been given, you know, inklings of the script and things ahead of time, I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
because this season would have been shot last year in 19. Um, and for him, and he probably wrote the scripts long before that even. Mm-hmm. So he must have been given, you know, a lot of like clips of Rise of Skywalker as they were filming it and creating it and, and given the script and everything to know kind of what was going on there because this just kind of emerges so so well into sort of the backstory of of Snoke and and, and the Emperor Palpatine. It would it would appear to me as far as we can tell they haven't like spelled it out plain as day just yeah. yet. But like that, am I am I interpreting it any differently than you or anyone you know Jory or Nettie did? That's uh, when I first saw it. I froze the damn picture and I stood up and I walked over to my television. And I was like, "Huh, that head and that you know, kind of distorted body. The head so much you know, more than anything for me. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of Snoke. Is that just though how failed kind of humanoid clones end up looking? I, I don't know. It's and that's I think going to be the heart of this discussion is because when when. When we watched The Rise of Skywalker and we found out this show was happening, we found out the timeline, a lot of people asked, could these could this tie in? And as we all kind of talked about, yeah, I think they're going to move past this. I think we're moving past this. This is something different. We're in these unknown regions. It's going to be kind of a smaller story. Well, t- we were wrong about that. We, we were obviously wrong about that, and it's tying in so much with it. It could very easily be... You know, the, this could be the Emperor's project. This could be part of the contingency plan. We, we know from Aftermath, there's laboratories everywhere. There's lab, and God knows what they're doing. Some of them are holding relics. Some of them are doing this shit. It's just, there's so much stuff happening, we haven't even scratched the surface. And they could be spreading these things out, right, in case, in case this one gets jeopardized like it did. Those guys said, F- shut it down. Like, <laughs> shut it down, blast that goddamn thing, and pop a couple caps on these invaders. Like, they weren't saying, let's save this. They said, shoot, that, blow that thing up. We're getting out of here. So it doesn't seem like this was the only This is the only place this is going on. It's probably going on on Exegol. It's probably going on uh, probably the underworld of Coruscant. It's probably got some goddamn, you know, Imperial hideout with freaking clones and goo and shit. Who knows? But, like, it just, for them to say... Blow this. Get, don't, they're not going to find any of this. Well, obviously, they saw the clones, but they blew the freaking control board. And my, it took me five attempts. <laughs> but I went back and froze that freaking frame. And there is nothing on there. That thing, <laughs> it, it doesn't tell you shit. It is just, uh, it, it looks like a freaking, it looks just like a, I don't know, like radar or something. It doesn't really say anything. So don't go do that, guys. I, I did, and it was nothing. There's more there with the clones themselves. So it, I think that's the question. Is it, does it actually tie in with that? The one thing that makes me question it, because it seems pretty plain as day, right, that, those are clones. Those are Snoke clones that are failed, and we eventually get a Snoke that works. He's kind of rogue, and we know all that kind of story from the, the novelization. The one thing that makes me question – well, two things that make me question that is, one, is it that easy? It, it, seems, it seems too freaking easy. It seems too easy that that's just what's going on. The other thing is, is that I never suspected that Moff Gideon, and that's who that Dr. What's-His-Face was was reporting to in his hologram, right? right? 
Yeah. Never expected Moff Gideon to be a part of something like that. Right? Like, he's a moth. And he's got a dark saber. He's badass. What is he? Is he just overseeing this operation? Or is it something that he's actually doing here? That he has this dark saber. Is it just power that he's seeking? Is it something more? Is it is it to juice up these 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 robo troopers? Apparently, well, he has like is it is it something good, different? That's a really good point you make. Kind of what what are Gideon's motivations? Because you almost think there's a lot of Imperials running around in this time. Yeah, just trying to carve out their own niche, hold on to whatever power they can, become the new emperor in their own way. Yeah. And and we I think I think are given the impression that that Gideon is is selfish, you know, and just wants to become a warlord with his own uh, kingdom carved out of the galaxy. Yeah, and he's that kind of character. And, and you see in the last episode when he's you know convincing these Imperials to kill themselves so that the that Bo Katan and her crew don't get a hold of their supplies and their ship. Yeah, and he's saying along with the Empire, you think like. All right, this guy is, is using that dogma yeah. and that sentiment about long live the empire just for his own selfish gains, yeah, um, and for what he wants. But then, like you said, for him to be um, pursuing this project to resurrect the emperor kind of flies in the face of that. Even though it's it's to uh, resurrect this great evil, it, it's selfless in a way that. Um, you know, it's something beyond him. It's it's to bring back this old power source, yeah. Rather than just maintain all the power for himself, yeah. So that yeah, that throws an interesting wrinkle in when you think about it that way. Because not everyone can be so freaking dedicated to the emperor. There's just there's a freaking power vacuum going. There's a lot of shitty people in the empire, but there's a lot of powerful people in the empire too. After the he this he probably thinks the freaking emperor's gone. I feel like there's only a very select few people that even know about this contingency plan that the emperor had. And I bet there's many facets of the contingency plan that were to throw people off. Oh yeah, the empire's gonna live on and it's you know, we're gonna create the first order. That was just a freaking that was a smoke shield for the actual resurrection of Palpatine. And the Sith Empire. It was a freaking smoke shield for the final order. So it kind of it, it, it makes sense if this is just part of that operation. We're recreating the Emperor. But maybe it's something different. Maybe it is. And I'm okay with keeping it small. Because if you're dealing with cloning and who knows what Moff Gideon's capable of. If they have this blood, have they been successful? Or will they be successful? Like they said, that recording was only a few days ago, so it doesn't seem like it has been really so far. But now they got the child in their sights. So they're amping up. They're ramping up like whatever it is they're going to be doing. So it's just, I don't I don't know. I, I want to know what you guys think in the chat um, because I feel like we're at a, I don't know, we're at a crossroads. Is this just part of the bigger Star Wars story and Palpatine and, and all that? Or are we dealing with a really power-hungry, selfish guy who's like, oh, yeah, there's this cloning technology, but I have different plans. There's no chance of the Emperor coming back. He fell down a freaking reactor. There's no possible way they got enough goop from this guy to do anything. So I'm going to create an army. 
I'm going to create super soldiers. I'm going to inject the blood inside of me and see what it I, I don't know. There's there's yeah, stories yeah. of that in Star Wars, right? You've been hinting at that that scene on his ship where he was surrounded by all the the figures in the in the black armor. Yeah. And those to me my first thought was they're death troopers. I thought so too, yep. But yeah, they were all kind of hooked up to these apparatuses that seem to be going kind of to their mouths, right? Yeah. And, uh, but they never really got focused in on it or you didn't get a good shot of any individual one. So it was really unclear to me what was going on yeah. in that area. Uh, and it just raises all these questions um, in addition to everything else we've been talking about. So that, yeah, it's all just, they're, they're throwing a lot at you all at once to kind of uh, keep you wondering. It's, I, I, I too was very confused. They, they did. My first thought was those are death troopers, but then we're like panning back and I'm like, no, this is more important. What the hell am I missing? And you're right. There was, there was even one of the uh, scientist guys was going up and kind of messing with one of them. I'm like, it was just a death trooper. It's not the scientist who's in what looked like, do you remember in that scene in Rogue One, we're on, um, oh, Wherever Galen Urso's Edu, uh, yeah. Remember yeah. when they brought all those scientists out and they had their right. white painter suits on or whatever they were? Yeah. That's what this guy was wearing. So I was like, "What the hell? Maybe, Why would they be messing with them?" Maybe Death Troopers have always been these sort of bioengineered soldiers that have some kind of could be chemical enhancement to them. Because they're supposed to be like elite. So maybe that's just always what Death Troopers have been. This is how you maintain a Death Trooper. <laughs> you and gotta, these are going to be like hook them up. To get his like steroids every now and again or something. It could, and it could, and maybe we ramp him up even more with whatever concoction this this could make. The, and I, so I started thinking that like maybe it's just death troopers. And I was like, well, in the final sequence there in the battle on 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 Navarro, we saw death troopers, right? Like they showed up yeah, yeah. with Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. so it would make sense that that's what they were. But like the shot, it being the ending, them panning back, dramatic music amped, it felt too important it felt too important so five minutes before i went live i was like what the hell are people think that this is and i'm seeing people talk about the 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 dark i think they're dark troopers they're kind of a i think that's what they were kind of an eu kind of um big battle droids that were very menacing and and i that would be cool here's another way to bring in some kind of non-canon stuff into you know, canon, and it feels like this is the proper place for it. That makes sense to me. And it also makes sense that we're probably running out of stormtroopers. So what other kind of like, you know, what what else can we discard? You know, in Rebels, it was just like stormtroopers get shot up like crazy. It's like, aren't we running out of these guys? It's like, we need droids. We need kind of that prequel era and clone wars area of destroyds everywhere because it feels like it's good that's going to come to that. there's gonna be an army or something so it makes sense that he's creating something or he has you know a, a secret kind of army with him that's not just stormtroopers it's something else and maybe it, it would be kind of crazy if they could inject them with something because he was excited and i don't know if it was just because ah baby yoda's back now it's the time it just we're surrounded by these droids. It feels connected. Maybe that's to throw us off, but maybe we have giant kind of juiced death troopers that I, I, maybe they have jetpacks too. I, I don't freaking know. It, it's just, 
It felt too simple, though, and that's why I felt it was necessary to be like, don't jump to it being snow just yet. Don't because it could be it could be something else. There's there's something else going on. It seems too simple. Um, but like like Jory said, he was happy that he was kind of. He said, I'm happy that I was correct in my thoughts of Baby Yoda being a clone. So he could be a clone. He he very well could be, or they were using him for cloning purposes. That was kind of a big theory back in the day. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning much more towards that. I don't don't interpret anything that says Baby Yoda's a clone yet, but that they were using his blood to try to inject into clones. Absolutely. Yeah, because if he was a clone, like, where does he come from? You know, did they find... Well, no, because Yoda's body dissipated. <laughs> like, Yoda's gone, son, unless they had some vials of his DNA or blood in, in some test tube well, if, somewhere. If the age thing is right at 50 years, this would have been, he would have been born pre-Yoda becoming one of the Force. Oh, my God. Could but, could Yoda yeah. be getting busy on Dagobah? I mean, did him and Yaddle hook up? What I, I don't Back know. In the day. Could it have been? You know, maybe a you know maybe a, a council meeting just went a little late one night, and know, maybe there's a little too much Jawa juice, and things got weird. Yeah, they had a child, it, it, and we are bringing all of our like most sweaty yes thoughts into this. Where people who have read the Rise of Skywalker novelization and have seen Rise of Skywalker several times, whereas there's, I wonder how much they. I wonder what the perspective of somebody who's a little less deep and sweaty into these things than we are. And I have a couple of people like that that I'm I'm really interested in the next couple of days to kind of get in touch with them. And yes. I know they watch the show, but they're not that level. So I'm yeah. really curious to see what their interpretations of everything are because I think it's it's easier for us to start making these connections and these these conclusions. Um, but yeah, I wonder how it's playing with just that, that broader audience that that isn't that that deep into it, but loves loves the show and you know has seen all the Star Wars movies. You're absolutely right. We, we we mentioned that kind of last last live stream, and I mentioned our friend Lauren, and I, I meant to follow up with her and say, "Have you been to the Mandalorian yet?" Because I imagine she'd be like, "Why the hell do I care that there's these." Humanoid. She wouldn't call them humanoids. These disgusting things in these these <laughs> tubes. Why do I care? Why do I care that Moff Gideon looks all menacing? He's surrounded by. I, I don't even know if they would have caught that there was anything in there. So it's like it's it's it'll be interesting to hear what the lay person has to say. And by lay person, I mean non Star Wars folk or you know casual fans, which we embrace. I, I want. I would love to take a phone call or a Skype call with someone who really didn't know what the hell was going on so we could talk about it and maybe get them excited. But yeah, it's this episode was just, it was sweaty. It, it's just felt, it felt, it just confirmed we're going, we're going all in. We're going all into the, to the, to the prequels. We're going all into, <laughs> to the sequels. We're tying it all in. We're bringing in all the, the animated shows like, it, I, I, I think there was even um, on the Imperial base with those guys that blew the freaking console. I think they were even like had patches that replicated the Camino patch of the clone. Like there's something with the cloners and that doctor uh, from Camino. They're, they're connected somehow. Like what are the Kaminoans doing after the war? Like were they dissolved? 
did they have a purpose at that point? I'm sure their cloning didn't stop. So who else now yeah, are they kind of helping? I could see Palpatine using the M- Empire to kind of shut them down. Yeah. To say, like, I don't want somebody else coming along and yeah. ordering an army to rival mine. It's a threat. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to shut you guys down. That's yeah. what I imagine happened to them. Yeah. Um, and, and one criticism I have of the episode followed by kind of a, a brighter point is uh, some of the uh, the dialogue of, uh, of Cara Dune. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the action sequences, it was kind of like lame action dialogue, even some of the stuff going back and forth between her and Grief Karga. Yeah. But then, um, uh, like when they first got in the tank and she's like, what are you waiting for? An invitation? Get in here. <laughs> like I would have left it at just, what are you waiting for? Get in here. Get in here. Um, so, you know, but some of those lines were, were a little goofy and, yeah. uh, but then there was a nice, nice scene they tacked on there towards the end with the um our favorite new republic pilot that we've we've saw in the lat in episode two yeah uh coming by and kind of doing his investigation his write-up of the incident and we it was revealed last season i think the final episode of the penultimate episode of, of season one that she was alderanian gideon said yeah. when he was calling out to them when they were huddled in the the bar there um, and they were surrounded he was calling out to them that he knew who they all were and what their backgrounds were and where they came from and he mentioned that that, that Cara Dune was Alderanian and uh, that moment where he, he he the pilot talks to Kara about being from Alderaan and, and about you know if she lost people and, and um, I thought that was a good moment in that, that Gina Carano did a decent job there and the way she responded about yeah, I lost everyone. I, I'm like the only one I know alive, basically, and that how that kind of spurned her on and her like moment of self reflection on that and the, the the medallion that he left behind for her um, as he was sort of giving her his his condolences. That was a powerful moment to me and something that you know gets talked about a lot. How Alderaan blows up and then it's not dwelled on in the movies much. It's not <sighs> dwelled on by. Carrie Fisher characters <laughs> of Princess Leia who yeah. is Alderanian and yeah. witness it. And it's just it bam and it happens and you move on. Um, so it was nice it's nice to see these moments. They've done it in the comics a lot where there, there's more reflection on what that means to lose an entire planet and what it does to the the diaspora that still that survived that was off planet at the time. Yeah. Uh, so to see it here in this format uh, I really enjoyed that that moment a lot, and I love that they kind of tacked it on because the, the episode could have worked mm. without that scene, but uh, <laughs> I liked it as a little epilogue. Luke, I got to ask you, though, because I know, because I felt the same freaking way. I was like, this seems kind of odd. I was like, oh, well, it makes it it's the end. No, there was another little scene there with Moff Gideon. I have to ask you then, because I know people are going to ask this, and I know people are going to talk about it. With all the drama... It's going on right now with Gina Carano getting on parlor, you know, may or maybe not disputing the election. I'm not getting into politics. Maybe she's a little bit of a nut job. I don't know. I don't that. Hey, that's not me. Maybe, you know, maybe Disney is looking to remove her from the project. Maybe this is a conversation they've had for a while. It seems I don't know. It seems like, and I, this is, it's going to be, I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a huge discussion topic on Star Wars Twitter 
this week. It seemed as though Gina Carano was holding back in her interactions with fans and Twitterverse and, 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 and Star Wars. It felt like she was holding back. A lot of positive stuff going on, a lot of love. And, yeah, maybe the election kind of heightened things up, but a switch turned to where Gina Carano said a lot that, you know, while employed by Disney, others have been fired for less. Chuck Wendig, who was just kind of going at someone who was talking crazy to him, lost his job for it. And I get we're dealing with an actor, an author. It could be a little different, but you're still employed by Disney. It feels... Like maybe a change happened and that you're no longer employed. You no longer have a contract. Hey, say whatever you want. And honestly, I don't give a shit what she believes. I really don't care. Uh, seems like a nice enough person, but uh, maybe a little crazy. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's just something's changed. And so I'm glad that you mentioned it felt like it felt like that scene was added in. It just felt like that was added in. After the fact, whether it was or not, I have no idea. We'll probably never know, but it felt like it was added in and it did it have a purpose. I don't know. These random, these, these, these cops, pretty much these X-wing pilots show back up from the prior episodes and they're questioning yeah. grief, right? Like, so the, the, the razor crest was here. It wasn't, it just felt random, right? I think we're going to see these guys again for sure. It seems like they're – I don't think we're done with them halfway through the season given that they've appeared twice. And, yeah, I I don't keep up with all the social media goings on and all the conversations, but the whole Gina Carano situation did come onto my radar in the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was troubled by a lot of it. And like you said, you know, there have been people um, excommunicated from <laughs> – from Disney Star Wars for less yeah. or for speaking speaking out in, in other ways um, that were maybe somewhat controversial or uh, so you know you can say whatever you want you know in terms of, of free speech um, it doesn't mean you'll suffer zero consequences for what you say right. and I think people confuse that a lot of the time I think free speech means I can say what I want I don't I shouldn't have to suffer any consequences no you yeah. can speak your mind yeah um, as much as you want, but don't expect everyone to accept what you say. And, and people are ostracized for saying certain things or they lose certain in, entitlements or, or certain privileges. And, yep. and yet, given Disney's history, which I don't know if Gina Carana knows Disney's history. And <laughs> you would this, think. <laughs> if, if she was wanting to protect her job, maybe she would be a, a little more reserved on, on some yeah. issues. Uh, yeah. But maybe she doesn't know that. And, who knows what this is? It's a tricky situation for Disney, but like you said, Disney hasn't hesitated in, in the past if, if they feel somebody is um, a little too controversial to just kind of send them on their way. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's no short number of people on Twitter, you know, not letting her know <laughs> because they are very aware, and, and, you know, she's taking action to even just, just block, like, no names. Just like, hey, like, what you're saying is, is really offensive, and she'll just block them. So it's like, you know, it's there's no real effort to, to kind of reconcile, you know, anything that's happened. It's just kind of like this, hey, I'm going to say what I want, and it doesn't seem like there's been any consequences. People have called on Disney to literally get rid of her. I've seen... <laughs> I've seen Disney respond to less people, you know, not even 
not even so much like writers or actors in Star Wars. There have been people in smaller behind the scenes roles who have said or done things that, you know, someone alleged wrongdoing and it got into Twitter and Star Wars gave a statement. I'm not going to go into details, but Star Wars gave a statement and said, this person's no longer with us. This person's been removed from whatever. We are removing ourselves from this. So they've, they've responded to far less right now. Nothing. They have said nothing about anything that's been said. I mean, John Boyega, you know, stands up, makes a powerful statement. Star Wars stands with John Boyega. You know, as troubling as it was for a lot of people across the world, um, you know, I admire what he did, but a lot of people didn't. Star Wars stands by him, making a statement. Silence right now. So it's interesting. Feels like, you know, hey, we're going to, until the season's over, we ain't going to make any announcements. But it just, I'm glad you recognize that, Luke, because I think it's worth mentioning and and that it felt like it was kind of shoehorned in there at the end. I was like, what's the purpose of this? But it was, for what it was, it was a powerful moment. And I thought that was probably some of our best acting, to be honest, of the entire series because it, it felt, it felt real. It felt, you know, touching and, and obviously bringing an Alderaan, it's like, you know, the guy saying, hey, like, this is bigger than just what you're, like, th- this is bigger. And there's so many people being affected, pulling at those heartstrings. Maybe that's a way of offering, you know, Cara Dune a, a ride into the sunset. Maybe we'll never see her again. I, I don't know. It, it's it's Maybe that's a little far-fetched, but writing that in there, you could see maybe she makes the choice to leave Navarro and kind of join the New Republic. And it doesn't seem like we're going to be seeing a whole lot of the new Republic, which was another kind of thing that I liked uh, when uh, towards the beginning of the episode, Grieve Cargo says, you know, the new Republic tried to, or the empire tried to, you know, um, uh, take over and kind of, you know, rein in the, the outer rim. Why does the new Republic think they're going to be able to do anything? I kind of like that they're separating themselves from the new Republic. And it's just like, these guys don't have a side. They just like are trying to survive. I thought that was cool. So it feels like maybe that might be a Cara Dune out to say, we're never going to talk about the new Republic again in this show. It's going to, we're going somewhere else. So that can be, she goes on and does her thing. Um, but I don't know. I think it's worth talking about guys. Cause to me, it was a little awkward that we had that scene, but it is what it is. We'll find out. We only have, how many more episodes? We're a third of the way through or something like that, I think. So we've got... Well, this, is, this was halfway. This is halfway? Holy um, shnikes. Yeah, it's another eight-episode season. Oh, God. So this was the halfway mark. And, uh, I mean, set up for, for a wild back half. Like, yeah. The fact that they got the tracking device on, on the Razor Crest now. Yeah. And next next stop is, is Ahsoka. Oh, God. Um. And we we see what a badass Ahsoka can be in the yeah. in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. This this last season seven of, of Clone Wars, the action sequences, um, and uh, you know the the siege of Mandalore and um, post Order sixty six when the clones attack her. Yeah, they're amazing, and Ahsoka does amazing things. And so I I'm so ready for Gideon to try to bring the hammer on down on her and he finds din with her yeah. and to for her to, to spring into action um I, i'm 
excited about that prospect and a little nervous too because the the action in the Clone Wars looks so beautiful and it can be yeah. so intense because it's I've talked about this before with the, the a lot of the lightsaber duels are like almost probably the best in the Clone Wars yeah. because the unreal things they can do with animation that look amazing that's much harder to do with actual people yep. on, on live action uh, so Ahsoka's action sequences and how they translate from animation to um, to to live action is something I'm really curious about. It works with Bo-Katan, you know the yeah. her style of fighting and, and everything. Um, but but Jedi Jedi in animation to Jedi in live action is a whole sort of different thing. It's gonna be a test. And so, yeah, that yeah. that seventh season was especially fascinating because they did that motion capture and it just was even more fluid, but you still had that animation factor that allowed you to do things you're not going to be able to really see in live action. So I, you're right, Luke. It's That's going to be a test. And, and, and I mean, the Darksaber looked pretty cool from a distance, but it's like, how how is this going to look with a little lower budget? And how big is it going to be? You know, like the, the, the fighting so far has been some hand-to-hand and a lot of blaster shooting. So I, I don't know. Maybe a less experienced you know individual like moff gideon could be a little more believable i i loved the freaking uh the force awakens battle in the forest with 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 kylo and ray it just felt real so i would even go for something like that but ahsoka she knows what the hell she's doing like she ain't gonna be uh, you know fumbling around some sabers and and stuff so I don't know. It feels like it, that. I don't know. Maybe we won't even get that far. Maybe, maybe we'll. Maybe that'll be a next season thing. But you're right. Dave Filoni's he's in the bullpen here, so I, I know he's on deck. Like he's not even in the bullpen. Well, that's another baseball yeah, reference. Yeah. But uh, he yeah. he's on deck, so it feels like she's gonna at least make an appearance. And maybe we 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 establish Ahsoka in the show, and if she's gonna be there more. We've established her, and, and someone else can take yeah. over. But I, I don't know. I, I think that's. I a thought there question. was. I thought there was a decent chance this episode with would end with a shot of her. Yeah. Uh, but they're now they're they're leaving it entirely since they already told us she's coming in dialogue in episode three. Yeah. Uh, they're just leaving it until the like the full episode that she's going to be in, which all signs point to next week. So it's uh. uh yeah, and the anticipation for me for next week is uh, is already off the charts. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully the the next week isn't isn't too hard to get through, and we get get to get to that next episode. Absolutely. Uh, I, Nettie said something really interesting here, which this is a nice little pull from from a few years ago. He said, uh, "Is this Operation Dark Saber we heard about in Rogue One? Is that what we're seeing right now? Is Operation Dark Saber?" Moff Gideon's project. Hmm. You know, is this one like that when they're at uh, Scarif, yeah, rifling through what some of the different code names are? Is that what he's? Oh yeah, is that one that comes up? Yep. Okay. Dark Saber. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Which we all kind of thought. Are, is that? Are they referencing? The are they? I, I don't know. Or they call it? Do they call it? They call it Black Saber. They call it something different. It's they don't call it the dark mm-hmm. saber. They say, um, yeah, they say something else, black saber or something. They they call it something different. But you're like you're like, oh, is that the same thing? 
was this just mm-hmm. the the project of seeking it out, trying to get it back, or I don't know. So it's it's pretty interesting that maybe how long's Moff Gideon been around? Like that would have been a little while ago. So I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty pretty interesting. Um, yeah. What else? Um, I lost some things in the prior chat because we had to restart the stream. I'm really sorry about that, guys. I'm also <laughs> terrible at hosting, interacting, and running a chat. So um, I appreciate you guys being patient. But what is there anything else that we're missing? I feel like I had so many thoughts getting ready for this, and I feel like I only got a few of them out. But maybe not. Maybe that was it. Is there anything else, Luke, that really stuck out in this episode, or are we just – are we ready to get punched in the face next week? It's like Snoku, like uh, Ahsoka's in town. Uh, it was nothing new this this episode because I think the whole season has been um, visually really incredible. You know, yeah. episode, season one looked great, but I think everything definitely taken up a notch this second season. And one of the criticisms I had of of, of season one was some of the the ship movements and then the little bit of kind of dog fighting of ships we got yeah um i thought it didn't look the greatest in season one and everything this season i thought has looked really smooth really incredible the ties chasing them in the mm. tank mm. um was all great and to get the the repeated cockpit views of the tie fighter pilot was a great uh sequence to see those, those perspectives of inside the tank, outside the tank, and, and inside the cockpits of the TIE fighters. Um, and then the final battle, once the Razor Crest comes into the, yeah. into the scene and starts taking on the TIEs to save the, the Grief and, and Kara and the Mithril in the tank. Oh. Um, that sequence, and I had another great just comedic moments with Baby Yoda. I just started like busting my gut when I see that he's in there with Din. Like I said, that Din <laughs> snagged him from the school before getting in there and then he still got his cookies and he's trying to eat the cookies even though you know the the dog fight is raging and yeah. his his hands are up in the air yeah. <laughs> and then he ends up spitting up a little cookie um those are some great comedic moments and then the final like cherry on top of that sunday was uh din referencing that he had some uh some cleanup to do. I can't remember, like some cockpit maintenance. He said or something. Yeah. When uh, when grief asked him if they were going to land and and, and talk some more and uh, referring to Baby Yoda's uh, cookie spit up <laughs> in oh. a coded way. Uh, those are all uh, great moments. Like I said, the visuals of the ships um, flying and, and, and dog fighting have been really fantastic. I thought a weakness last season that's been improved on yeah it, they i it, it was like a little pet project i think when, when john favreau was like hey let's let's do the model thing Let, let's get some of that kind of that 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 actual model still frame put them all together kind of capture that they did in the original movies and it it was cool it was nostalgic awesome looks awesome but yeah, yeah. when you get into these uh, yeah, the X wings flying around, the Razor Crest and, and ties. Like we gotta, we, we up the animation or the, the 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 graphics on this one. And boy, when that Razor Crest went up and just came back down, that was that was some of the most beautiful graphics I've seen in the entire show. It did look amazing. And yeah, the, the another funny moment with Baby Yoda picked him up from school. Now hey, it's on to the actual mission. He knows what he has to do now. And that Razor Crest looked damn good. 
I mean, took what a couple hours to get that thing in, in working order. It's flying. We're, we're not making any more pit stops. We th- 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 souped I, it up. Looks good, right? I'm I'm done with. We got to get repairs. That has been every other episode. Let's move on from that. <laughs> the ship is functioning. We're gonna get where we need to go, and let's do it. But I mean, this one was worth it. What felt like it could have just been another pit stop to fix the ship. Had a lot of juicy stuff in there, guys. I, I am excited to see how people break this thing down. It's only Friday night. It takes a couple of days for people to really sink their teeth into it, and then the speculation comes. Is it Snoke? Is it something else? Is Moff Gideon cloning himself to have a big Moff Gideon army that he will lead, and they'll put those gross little guys in the suits, and he's got this zombie army? I don't know. We're, we're going to find out, though. Uh, and you know what? It would pretty, it would be pretty cool to see Ahsoka slaying a lot of droids again. I'll tell you that. Maybe that's maybe Luke. Maybe that's how they make it work so seamlessly. Maybe not so much lightsaber on lightsaber. She's just slashing droids like crazy. And maybe Moff gets away, and maybe the confrontation happens later. I don't know. Am I right in the show? Maybe, maybe. But I, I'm just I'm excited to see where it goes. Next week's going to be huge. You, Dave Filoni ain't directed an episode, and it's going to be you know right off. No freaking way, especially mid season. I don't know if we get a mid season break. Hope not. But uh, boy, it's really pumped for it. Really pumped for it, guys. I I don't I don't know if we have anything else. We may have exhausted this episode, but I, I was pumped to be able to chat with Luke here. Sorry about the issues at the beginning of the stream. That's my bad. We'll never uncheck audio boxes ever again in OBS promise never happened it's functioning now will not happen again so hopefully holly will catch up on this and we'll be able to talk with her and get her thoughts maybe she won't care maybe she don't care about clones maybe i don't care about you know a, a, a robot army i don't know maybe she'll hate it maybe she'll love it but no ahsoka yet we'll, we'll wait for next week um luke we still have comic books to talk about i've been saying that for two weeks we have epic comic books to talk about in the flesh look at that face is that hayden christensen is that Hayden Christensen? I think it is. It looks like it. It looks like it. We got comic books to read, guys. We got Darth Vader to catch up on. We got Star Wars to catch up on. There's just too much. We're at a point where it's too much. It's too much for me. That's why I took next week off. That's why Mike is going to be consuming Star Wars. And I'm going to be doing Patreon exclusives. We're going to be doing some gaming. It's time to catch up on Squadrons. I am at a puny level seven. You guys are probably 30s, or I don't even know what the ranking system is, but I'm a puny number seven, and I suck. I only get AI kills, so I need people to guide me. I need a squad. Me and my buddy Tom can't save the galaxy alone, especially when we're dying a lot. So maybe doing some streams next week if you guys are down for it. Uh, fire up your PS4s. Do your updates. Or maybe you guys have PS5s now. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not on board with everyone. Well, Nettie, time to, time to, time to you know, tidy up your squadrons play. Apparently, Nettie hasn't played in a while, but I, I need wingmen. I need people out there helping me guide through this game because I don't understand it, and I suck at it. So expect maybe some streaming, another podcast, uh, just more Star Wars consumption. I'm going to enjoy this week. I'm going to take it all in, and I want to share it with you guys, so expect some good stuff. Um, and Nettie's got a PS5. See, I knew it. I knew I knew our fam was already on the PS5. Now you're going to make me have to go get one. Maybe that's why I do that uh, this week. We'll see. I don't know if it's in the budget. But, uh, guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate Luke. Uh, and we'll do this same time, same place, 
here on Flying Casual, Friday, 9 p.m., hopefully with an epic episode five, I believe, from the man himself, Dave Filoni. Guys, we'll catch you later, and as always, may the Force be with you.